0: Gary Vee thing was really interesting because if you look at making $91 million in a couple months and 41 of that coming from royalties, I think it really started to make me think around, okay, how, how should you build out your NFT set, especially that initial one, to where it's making money initially so you can run that into like, how do you add value to your clients and customers? But then number two, the revenue you collect from that on the royalties alone, I mean, given I don't have the current following that that Gary V does quite yet, but that's perpetual money that can just be rolled back into the business just based on the activity of how people perceive the value of your company. And that kind of like really got me thinking on, okay, what is the best way to structure this? Like, how do you incentivize people? Like, what should the volume of those tokens be? And how do you kind of right-size that from the start?
1: Yeah, there's so much there. The subscri- like that's the thing, like the subscription model, everybody loves the subscription model because you-, you have that money coming in, you know what your monthly recurring revenue is going to be. Whereas if you launch an NFT and you're not really sure how it's going to sell and you're not sure how popular it's going to be, then you potentially kill your subscription model and you have mm-hmm. no recurring income. So like that's that's the fear going into like it's a one-time purchase. Once you hold it, then you hold it and, and you have to continue to provide the value that you've promised to that person and to that community. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is a really interesting conversation. I've been chatting with people about, okay, what what percentage? I was chatting about minting on a different platform, on the Theta platform, and they're like, yeah, we want to keep the royalties at like 1%. And their, their, their thing is mostly with art tokens and, you know, they're looking at it from a different angle. So I was having a conversation with this guy you know, um, about, you know, where they're at with it they want to charge like 3% and they want the, the owner to take a 1% royalty where I hear Gary Vee there saying like, I'm taking 10%. So I wonder if he's taking 10% and then OpenSea is taking a 2.5 or whether he did a deal with OpenSea. Um, but my understanding is it's generally 2.5 and then uh, 7.5% for the you know, the person who creates, I think is like the standard on OpenSea. But maybe people will comment and tell us about, you know, how how this is going. We're just two guys that are kind of relatively new to this space. As Gary V said, like nine months ago, I didn't know what an NFT is. Like everybody's new to this space, but a lot of people have been deeper into it uh, than than what we have. But yeah, I mean that it's like an unknown with that recurring. Like it depends on what your tokens are selling for, and then it depends how quickly they turn over. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to make all the difference on on that recurring model. But if you have that captive audience and people who care about your project and your token and depending on what your token is i think they're also there are also going to be so many different uh, revenue streams around that if you listen to Roll do you listen to Powell at all from uh, real vision
0: uh, i've gotten into interrupted a little bit i need to do a deeper dive on him i've got a five-hour flight on uh, tomorrow so that'll be the goal
1: yeah, I just listened to his uh, his second one in the exponential age, and you know he was just talking about like you can't keep up with this stuff. Like you have to keep a try a few things and and you know keep up with that. And he's been in finance for a long time, smart guy, well connected, big network around him, and he feels like he can't keep up with you know speaking to all the greatest minds in in kind of the crypto space. So everybody's going to feel like that um, to an extent. But he was talking about how. He, feel, he feels like the social tokens are actually going to be the really big play. And everyone's talking about NFTs at the moment, but he's he, he keeps talking about Chili's. And I've heard him talk about it before of like the, the Manchester United tokens are only worth about 25 million and they have like a billion fans. And he's saying like, this is at least a, you know, multi-billion dollar kind of a, a project if they're able to engage their fans and provide value there with with the yeah. fan base that they have. So we don't really know yet, but what we do know is, if you have that genuine community around you, and you're providing value to them, and you have a strong relationship with them, then I think other revenue models, you know, will will present themselves, and, and there will be other possibilities. Um, so that it's not like because it feels a bit like oh this is like perpetually like this is the thing and that's the only thing. Like once I've done this, like I've said, there's only going to be ten thousand tokens. So you know, have I just you know kill myself by having these tokens? The price is too low. There's not enough turnover. So like, I've just destroyed my business kind of thing and I'm boxed in, but I I don't think it's going to play out like that. You know, you can already see some of the plays around uh, mutations and I think there's going to be different permeations and things that um, permutations is, I think is the word I'm looking for there, but you know, ways that you can go with, um, with it as a next, next move. What are you thinking about? Like, is is that what you kind of like, how does 10,000, everyone seems to be doing like 10,000 or 8,000. Is that kind of something that you're thinking about there of like, how does that work as a model?
0: Yeah, so I think for me, it kind of comes down to, I think there's a couple of things to like parse out there. Number one is I think, what is the goal for that? And I can jump into like what we're doing with Dexata uh, and how I'm kind of thinking about it around with a SaaS company. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned the turnover thing and I think that's really interesting So I want to double hook in that real quick. Because if you're thinking about it from an initial like offering and generating cash to put back in business to add value, and then the turnover, also adding residual value. I think how you try to set up and strategize both one, the offering, and then two, how you're maintaining value around that is a really interesting play. Because if you think about it from a maximization of cash standpoint, you would really want something to where you've had a high initial offering, but then you had a really high turnover of coins. So I think from a creator standpoint, how do you structure that to where people are like getting the value and then trying to like share, share that value and then like built on a foundation of you adding more and more value. Um, because like that would be the maximization of cash play. Like there's a very real universe where you can have an initial outlet and then make all your money and not have, not have to ask your fans for anything else just based on the fact that like there's so much buying and selling going on. So I think that's the thing that like, it's a bigger problem that I've yet to kind of figure out the, the maximization angle on. Um, but I think it's a really interesting one for creators and then we can double click into like how I'm kind of thinking about it for a SaaS business. But like, I mean, what are you thinking about with that? Because I think that like how you play that from an initial offering standpoint and a brand strategy standpoint is a really one-two punch of that.
1: Yeah. So I I recently bought the secret pineapples, as I told you, like, I think it's a big play for Theta in their quest for global adoption. Like I'm confident that you're going to see like big celebrities coming out with these pineapples as part of their marketing strategy. Mm. I think they've got deals with a lot of entertainment companies. I think that's their thing of like going mainstream. If you look at their white paper, that's what they're talking about. So they're going to go mainstream um, through NFTs. And and this is like the big one that, you know, they've got Katy Perry coming up. They're going to have the stars themselves. But I think my guess is that the pineapple is like the place for the hardcore Theta um, community to be able to kind of have an NFT to to sort of um, stand behind and that's, that's my prediction uh, with it. Now they launched those at $200. This is the interesting part. They launched these at $200 and they went straight to $1,000. The empty canisters um, or the unopened canisters went pretty much straight to $2,000. They've sat between two and $3,000. So they gave people 10X up front. Now, you know, did they know that that was going to happen? You know, is there are there games going on with it? Like, it's it's hard to say. There's a fair bit of transparency with with the system because you can see what's in whose wallets and whatnot. So it's not just like they're buying their own stuff back. Yeah. Um, but if you look at it like that, like if you price high off the start, then you kind of burn your fans and you need them to be raving fans. They're not going to be excited about your token if they buy it for 1 ETH and then the next day it's worth 0.1 ETH. Unless it has crazy utility where they just care about the utility, they're with you for the long term, they're like your hardcore fans, yeah. then, you know, maybe they take that bet on you. But if if the average NFT buyer, if you price high and and it doesn't hold value, then you're kind of like, you're kind of done. Like you, you've got to start from, you know, it's, I think it's difficult to come back from that point to pull new people into a project that they look at the history and go, oh, well, you know, I think it does happen where, you know, they don't do well to the start to begin with. And then like something happens and they, you know, they pick up, but I don't like you, I don't think you want to price high off, off the bat. Um, And again, if you like, if you're forcing turnover, like, what does that say about your product? Like, you know, it's, it's not really something that you can force too much, but I think if the, you know, if you want to do the opposite and if it's just really good, then you know, people people are going to want it. And, the, you know, like it's it's a whole different way of thinking about uh, your your business of like, you you know, you're trying to put the value into the hands of the customer because
0: mm-hmm.
1: if the business is trying to stack all the value on their side, then probably no one's going to want it, you know?
0: Well, I think you got, you're you definitely spot on there, but I think you kind of just answered the question of, so like Gary D is my only like real data point this because he's the only person I've seen, do it at scale with VFriends. And if you look at like what happened with VFriends, they're essentially like multiple utility tokens. So for an average business, you can kind of think about this as doing multiple releases. Like a lot of people are thinking of NFTs in just the sense of like, I have my initial offering, this is the utility I'm offering, or this is kind of like the buy into the project and that's it. But if you look at the way you, he structured it, I think it's a model that you could probably adopt to do maximization of both. So he's got like, offense, orangutan, like flexing Fox, like a whole litany of characters. I think he, want, he wants to build out like 200 of them. And each of those have like a different permission set. So like one would be, you have access to like every conference that we're going to do in the next three years, normally like $4,000 conferences. And then another one could be like, you could play like a pickup basketball game with like Gary V and like four of his friends. So I think in doing that multiple utility, you are adding value and forcing turnover in the same token because like if his first event is like absolutely raging and he just goes way over the top and delivers more value which is I think what he's come out and said he's going to do then people are going to be like that's awesome I want to get on it. I want to get in on that there's only a limited number of seats but then also if he has an event in like Jakarta and I'm sitting here in Ann Arbor Michigan I'm not going to be able to attend that event, but I could probably capitalize in selling that to somebody who would. And then there are going to be people who are going to hold, like if he had one that like had hypothetically direct text message access to Gary Vee, um, that's when I could see him holding, like the people holding that for a while, because why would you ever give that up? So I think it's not the, I think the way to think about structuring and the way I'm thinking about structuring is you kind of have your core value set tokens to where like that's your initial offering for your raising fans. And you can stack additional utility offerings on top of those. And you can also do multiple releases. So you've kind of got your raving fans in one. Those are people like who are like have those diamond hands and are holding. And then you're able to garner additional revenue on top of that to kind of maximize both sides. Given all of this is set under a very firm stance. And I'm going to like, however many times we talk about this, I'll probably go back to this is like, you have to add value and the value your brand adds has to be growing for any of this to be worth anything.
1: Or or you come up with some kind of mad hype. Like there's definitely ways around it if you if you (laughs) somehow manage to just crack into some weird pop culture thing on on Mm -hmm. TikTok or you know some dude um, that that stuff. There's all kind of quirks in this game where people are just making weird stuff hit and stick and and you understand it later of why it happened. Like that's the cool thing is it's it's not clear yet but with the utility token and kind of the direction that we want to go with it, like maybe that's just because we're you know, a little bit older than the, uh, than the, than the young kids coming into this, but we're definitely thinking and I, and I know it will happen and it is happening with Gary Vee's play there. I, didn't actually, I actually didn't know that he had like those different um, functionalities within the different tokens. So that, that's crazy interesting and that's going to have me like buzzing for the rest of the day with ideas um, around that. Uh, I, I would have, uh, I was thinking about buying one. I would have just bought like, you know, whatever's going like, but now I'm I'm, uh, I'm going to have a much deeper dive into what
0: what's going on there. He did a really good podcast with Kevin Rose that we can link in the comments. Like I can send you after uh, on Kevin Rose's podcast called Proof. If you're in yep. NFTs at all, I think Kevin Rose is like one of the most influential people and knowledgeable people in the space. And it's like Proof and Moderate Finance, both his podcasts are absolutely awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, very cool. But as you say, like the other possibility is like launch one NFT. That's like, if you hold this NFT, you can book a call anytime, like within 48 hours, I'm going to be on the phone with you. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if I can do it sooner, I'll do it sooner. Like you could have an NFT like that. And uh, imagine, yeah, if Gary V had had that NFT, what would it sell for? You know, like, is it, is that, is that worth $500,000? Is that worth a million dollars? Like you get a good tip, maybe Gary's just going to drop you a text message at some stage saying, Hey, like I've got a bit of a tip on this, like maybe just jump on this one. Yeah. Like what's that, what's that service worth? You know, like that's um, it's, it's weird, but it's, it's happening. And so yeah. that, like those really small uh, launches and ultra rare services could, could really be the thing. Um there was a, I was talking to a guy that had a theta drop and he he has one on there. That's like a 30 minute zoom call and it's $22,000. And he's like, yeah, people are paying it. And it's like, well, if you get a good crypto tip and you've got millions of dollars of crypto, then $22,000 is, is not such a big, big deal. If, if he's um you know, if he's got the courage to take that call and to know, well, yeah, like I, I'm i pretty sure I can offer that sort of value to people. And yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's what's happening. And, it's it's yeah it's it's just got it it's the idea with this podcast i guess is that you know we flesh out ideas and and people can see us working on this stuff and you'll you'll see these being implemented in what we're doing but also to create a dialogue with with new people about you know how we're how we are playing this stuff so talk about a little bit more with the software as a service when you say SaaS i think half of my audience like I don't know when I picked up on that, but it wasn't like, I think it was, <laughs> it's yeah. not really part of my uh, normal verbiage, but yeah, software as a service is, is like, uh, you want to talk to us a bit about that and, and is it, has it arrived yet to software as a service? Like are there NFT plays that you see popping up?
0: So this is kind of a new area because I think it blends some things and requires some interesting technology depending on how you do it. So this is kind of like my viewpoint of it. And I need to study a little bit more how other SaaS companies are doing it because I haven't seen it yet. Um, so I have a software company called Duxata. We're launching in probably January or February. And it's a software that I think is really going to change the coaching game by allowing coaches to really provide that one-on-one experience you would get if you were in person, but do so virtually. So how do we create that client and coach experience that everyone raves after, but allow you from a coach standpoint to be able to multiply the amount of people you can impact based on how we set up the software the structure and really built around that cadence of getting that client hooked, keeping them winning and supporting them along the journey. So as I'm thinking about this, the classic, if you look at software companies just the past like 10 years uh, plus the classic thing to do is to raise DC funding or bootstrap. And there's really no in between you'll get some front people who do like friends and family money. But as I started to look at this, I was like, okay. um, One, is there a way to use NFTs both in the business itself, uh, which the classic software, like software as a service business is say, Keegan wanted to like manage all his clients in Dexata. It would be like X amount of like $3 per client per month. So if he had hundred clients, he would pay $300 a month and he would get to use the software. Uh, that is the classic model setup. And the other classic thing that a lot of software companies do is they go out to venture capitalists which are people with a ton of money um, aggregated through multiple different ways to kind of pick where they think the companies that are gonna be growing are and give them money for a stake in the company. So those are kind of the two foundations of, I think, software as a service up till now. The way I was kind of thinking about this is kind of twofold. One, could you use NFTs as a way to raise capital and do so in an easier and more decentralized way? So, with the like advent of smart contracts, we can really write in whatever permissions we want to that. So, from a capital raising standpoint, I could literally say that like one NFT is worth one basis point, and that would be a way for you to essentially buy in and owner, have like have ownership into a company that could be a billion plus dollar company. So, if you sold that at like we'll just this is not the price for like we just sold that as one ETH and you bought it, and it essentially looks like $4,200 right now, and that becomes a billion-dollar company, that becomes an exponential return on your investment. So it's, how do I want to think about that? And then the second standpoint, which you can't break it after, is is there a place for NFTs in the business longer term where maybe you have a subset of NFTs to where you have lifetime membership, or you have unlimited clients, or you have access to premium features that other people aren't going to get? And that's something to where you can satisfy your initial capital with the initial raise, uh, much smaller number. And then you can have tokens in circulation to where people want to be on your platform, don't want to be on your platform, want that additional access, don't want the additional access to create that regenerative revenue stream of the royalties from that. I know that was a lot. So I think in looking at that, I think let's attack kind of the capital raise and then we can go into, we'll just call like tokens in circulation.
1: I love the, I love that capital raise concept. And that's really, you know, why I want to have uh, a bunch of people who have money, have awareness, so that when these kind of opportunities pop up, not only can we say, yeah, okay, I'll buy one of those tokens and the tokens worth 1% or half a percent or whatever it is. And they figured out what basis points were the other day as well. I, lo- I looked it up. I was like, I keep hearing that word. I don't know what it is. And it's, uh, it's like, uh, it's It's like fractions of a percentage, right? So like one yeah. one basis point is like point um, 0.1%. Is that?
0: Yep. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I need to. You're doing a great thing here, Keegan, because I think the the thing my fiance gets on me the most is I'll just like skip to the three hundred one and four hundred one topics and won't we'll give like what is a basis point, and what is fast. But uh, yeah, basis points is like 001 percent of a company. So like a percent of um, per percent. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. So it's percent of a percent. Not uh, I was wrong with it, but um, yeah, that's what I looked it up because I was hearing seventy-five basis points, and that's like 0.75 of a percent. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So I, yeah, I didn't grow up around that language. You know what I mean? And it's um, I still don't. You know, come from that traditional finance kind of background. So I'm not. It's not just for uh, people listening. in. It's like literally. But I think that's cool to just be okay with, like, especially in the crypto space and stuff, like ask hey what does this mean because there's a bunch of new language like there's there's people dropping all kinds of like people write gm all the time in the discords it means good morning like it's not it's not complicated but if you're in there and you don't know what gm is then like you can be kind of confused and feel like you're out of the culture when it's just something really silly the same yeah. kind of deal with the basis points like it's not hard to know but you feel like you're out of the culture when you know it's it's um like when the cool kids at school are using different words or when you travel and you don't understand what's going on around you and you know the gringo games where people are having jokes and you don't know what the joke is um, but yeah it's better it's it, that's one of the fun things with this just filling in the language gap um but yeah the, the the raise like that that idea excites me so much you know to have a bunch of guys who are doing well with their own businesses and then they go yeah like get me in there for, 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 for a token, which is whatever you want to offer. You know, you're going to sell 30% of your company effectively or whatever it is, but it's not just the token. It's the fact that then we want you to win. So then we want you on our podcast. We're going to retweet your stuff. We're going to repost your stuff. We're going to give our, uh, okay, like I'm looking at your website, dude. And like you misspelled something or, All that stuff is like in everybody's interest and Mm -hmm. even other guys who are part of the project who don't buy into that are going to keep an eye on what you're up to and if there's a benefit back to say the uncommon success collective like say uncommon success invests in you with some of the like the funds that are there then there's like a co-incentive between my business and your business um, through through holding this nft this stuff is like it seems like oh yeah it's just like shares but it's 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 really not like it it is a different thing. And the the liquidity of it and the transparency of it, I think is is really gonna change the game. Um, my question with for you with is like how is the I was listening to Roel Paul talking about and he was talking about another guy saying the rights that go with an NFT is like there's no they can't regulate on top of it. Like it's almost impossible that regulation is gonna stamp on. Uh, NFTs in the way that they're kind of threatening to with, with tokens and ICOs and those sorts of things. What's, what's yeah. your understanding in that?
0: So not as heavy of understanding. And I think we are still in a very gray area with that because you 100% could do that. And I could say that like, this is worth one basis point, And then I could just renege on my offer. And that looks bad on me. I think it speaks to a broader point to me in NFTs mm-hmm. is, is the fact that like brand is like brand integrity, everything. Because you're done if
1: you do that, you know, yeah. like you're done in our community. If you do that, you know what I mean? Yep. That, that's the thing. Like, I think it's like so much more on the line. It makes business so much more personal. Like people are talking about like, you know, what if you just run off with the money? Like if I run off with the money, like my life's over, like, cause it's all my, it's all my friends. Like, what what am I going to do? Like, it's not, it's something that's public and people can, there's one degree of freedom in stuff now like people write a medium article about what happened to them and you google you know like it's just you can't like it's it's not going to happen like that it is happening with anonymous nft plays but if you've got your name out there and your brand out there then i, I think there's like a whole new level of accountability and like immutable, <laughs> immutable. like <laughs> i even feel that pressure with like business reviews and stuff like things are much more permanent than they were like five or 10 years ago if someone didn't like your service they really couldn't do much where now it's like more and more like you, you you know, you want to look after your people.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you're spot on. And like, that's the, that's the cool thing about it. Cause like under all of this, like the technology really allows accountability and visibility Um, from a creator standpoint, from a real macro standpoint, nobody can pass around your stuff anymore because your name is watermarked and stamped on that from a brand standpoint if you go and screw over a lot of people by just like taking my running like money and like running to Bali, like I can't do anything after that. Like it's, and there will be people who do it um, because there always are. But for me, like that literal trade-off would be like, what is the next like 70, 80 years of my life doing the thing that I love doing, which is like inventing, building, creating, helping other people. Like, would that be worth a little bit of money and having to like hold myself in shame both personally and publicly for the rest of my life.
1: That's the, that's the that's the real scenario and I think yeah that's important message like because there is so much crap going on in the NFT space like there are so many little get rich things but if your name's on the thing and and if you're you know you're putting yourself out there then it's it's not that um, but we we're talking also about the you were talking about the ongoing revenue model within your software as a service, right? Like um, if you give people that premium offer up front in terms of unlimited clients or lifetime access, like that looks really attractive. I think, you know, some, that would encourage some people to, to move from the current service that they're in, especially if they could see that it's a better service. If you have a nice roadmap for where you're going to go with things. Yeah. Um, and there's there's yeah there's limited there's less risk in the sense that they can you know they can potentially flip the token um and there's and it's just a one time so they know exactly what it costs it's never going to cost them more if if that's mm. the deal um, but then yeah like after that sort of you you wanted to go into like the revenue model right like what do you what how do you feel about that as a revenue model of depending on um trading of, of your token to kind of be your, your income.
0: Yeah. So I'll put it out there here. I'm like a pretty risk averse as a person. Um, love being an entrepreneur and the risk comes with that. But I think like the way I'm kind of thinking about this is really three, like three tiered as of now as the technology expands could be anything. Um, but one is like, what would the value be of that initial point offering to really bolster? And I look at that as kind of like an advisor plus model. You have the classic advisors to where like, you get a percent of the company, you have a stake in the company, but I think like NFTs make that more real and you have more stake in the game. So like you said, like you have a vested interest in the company doing well. Number two would be like that raving fans model of maybe you do X like tokens released to where you have beta access to premium features, you have unlimited clients. And that I would probably figure out, okay, like what's the optimal pricing model for that? how do you make money for the business to where this person may not have to ever pay in again. But I think that like, that's something where I could see coins turning over. And then number three, you could do a three and four. You could tear off that and say, okay, like beta access, premium features, stuff like that. But I think four just the base of the pyramid is the classic SaaS model. Um, and I think as people go through and come into your ecosystem with that, whether it's freemium, whether it's just buying the product, they'll start to see these other offerings in place. And if they really like it, they would be the ones that I could see converting to somebody who has those diamond hands, um, that like client for life type thing. And I think they would have a greater chance than somebody off the street saying that like, I want to get involved with Duxada because the NFTs look cool. So more thinking obviously has to go into that, but that's kind of my like my very high level how am I thinking about this right now? How do you satisfy the initial needs of the business so I can build out a rockstar team, all my other guys from Uber, and we can really take this thing full steam? How do I kind of give a reward to the people who want to be involved early and first and are thinking about this as a lifetime play? And then how do I give those people and do we need access to where you can add more value to them from a business standpoint versus just holding a subscription?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that idea of like we can we can keep working with what we've got as well like the the base model's not broken we're looking how we can add to that like the mix and match is probably really really a smart way to look at it if i was in your position right now like looking at nft venture capital and then you know or like for the for your raise and and getting some hardcore fans on board getting people on board who who are going to want to pump up the value of their nft by making your product better by getting your brand out there you know that makes a ton of sense going to change all that brand ambassador type stuff isn't it like it's yeah. it's really going to um put a, a new spin on all that so uh, yeah i love it i love it love the conversation we're going to uh wrap, wrap it up there for today i think we covered a bunch but i'm looking forward to to continuing this and um yeah hearing about how the ideas are evolving i'm sure we'll have a lot of new thoughts uh, by the next one so thanks yeah. so much for today Don't take care uh, of Good cool, man chat soon